as I continue to preach in your hearing on Wednesday nights, the Praying Through the Bible series number 480, pardon me, that means that we have 20 more Wednesdays before we reach the number 500, which is going to bring us pretty close to having preached through on Wednesdays the Bible on prayer. And the title of this message is, Since the End of the World is Upon Us, Watch and Pray. Part 3. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. That does not mean it's going to happen tonight. It could, but it is the next thing that's going to happen. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. No doubt Peter learned that precept from Jesus after failing Jesus by going to sleep at one of the most difficult times of Jesus' life. And so this was very important to Peter. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you tonight for leading us to pray uh, our Wednesday night uh, prayers uh, and over the prayer list before we uh, started preaching tonight uh, off camera, not live. And I praise you and I thank you that on Wednesdays we not only preach on prayer and read about prayer, but we actually pray. And so, Holy Father God, based upon your holy word, ask and ye shall receive. Seeking ye shall find, knocking it shall be opened unto you. We pray in faith, believing. I praise you and I thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love. And I praise you and thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for Holy Week. And uh, all last week, eight days in a row, uh, preaching your Holy Gospel, preaching your Holy Word via Holy Week. 
when I survey the wondrous cross. What a powerful uh, blessing it was. And uh, Lord, continue to use it as it reverberates around the world. And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed have continued mercy and grace upon each and every one of us. Uh, because of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, please forgive us, Lord, of our sins, our faults, and our failures. As we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us. And fill us, Lord, afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. For we are reminded by your Holy Word that it is not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord, and help uh, many church folks to understand is not by how loud they are. Fervency does not mean necessarily loudness and jumping and shouting and so forth. Oftentimes it is the opposite of that. And, uh, and it's all driven, the fervency is driven by your Holy Spirit. For if, as one person said, if the prayer is not from God, is not going to reach God. And so, Lord, help us to pray according to your will and your way, and not according to our will and what we think. And so, Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Lord, tonight, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us. Those of us who are saved, fill us all afresh and anew with the fullness and the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as you know, I am still praying for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, uh, so that uh, she will stop trying to serve you in the flesh. And I do pray that she would renounce whatever happened when she was a child and go ahead and get saved. Uh, she has not shown any fruit uh, of a person who is saved. Uh, this is a burden to her. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only do I pray for her. Uh, the bigger purpose, Lord, is I'm praying for many people in the church who are lost and on their way to a devil's hell and are just going through the motions. This is the reason why we have so many people quitting, so many pastors quitting. Uh, I know for a fact that if a pastor is called by you, uh, that uh, he is not going to be quitting on you. Uh, and so there's something wrong somewhere. And then we have some, like Judas, who are committing suicide in the church. Uh, these people, in my humble 
of you, Lord, uh, are not saved. They have never been born again because I don't see how a person who claims to know Jesus Christ and have Jesus Christ living on the inside of him who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, uh, and then they commit suicide. I, I don't see that. That does not match up theologically, contrary to what my sweet evangelical brethren and sisters are talking about, trying to make an excuse for every sin, every evil, every ungodly act. Uh, they're trying to explain it away with their slick theological degrees, and I don't agree. I can and I cannot join them in putting people into heaven who blow their own brains out. And so, Lord, something is wrong somewhere. And I pray that you would open the eyes of the blind, unstop deaf ears, and that includes my wife. And I have other family members who are religious and do a whole lot of activity and acts and things in the church, but they're lost. They're depressed, they're defeated, they're disgusted, they have no joy, they have no peace in serving you, and even, Lord, they do not have any good cheer. Lord, I pray that you would open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, and save their soul. Help them to see the gospel and hear the gospel for the first time, and uh, renounce what has taken place in the past. You have dealt very thoroughly how that this, uh, with how this can happen to people how that they can act like they're interested in it and excited about it, but they have never been born again. And you will say to them, I never knew ye, ye workers of iniquity. And help people to understand that this is very real. I was lost for 19 years in church, serving in the church, unwillingly, of course, but lost. If someone would have... uh, uh, show me that I was uh, on my way to hell, I would have probably gotten saved, but no one did that. I thought just being in church with my parents and my mother especially, uh, I was, uh, I, I would have said, you know, if I got to the pearly gates, well, I was in church all my life, and I would have been shocked if uh, whoever's at the pearly gate would have told me, uh, that you can't get in with that. I was baptized as well, where you still can't get in. That that won't save you. So, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight (coughs) that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias uh, out of Marika White, my wife, and all other people in our family and outside of our family and out there who have that problem. Uh, Lord, and make it, I pray that you'll make it permanent uh, for some people act like they cannot even resist the devil and stop the devil from working through them. And so, Lord, for those, I do pray for true salvation and the feeling of your Holy Spirit uh, and uh, uh, growth and uh, uh, walking by faith and walking in the power of your Holy Spirit. So as to put a God at everybody's heart, mind, tongue, attitude, and temperament that they will not sin against you. 
And Lord, we pray this not only for uh, the folks that I have mentioned, but people all over the world who have these issues. And I thank you for using uh, uh, our family here uh, as uh, an example uh, so that others will get set free for their many family situations that are far worse <coughs> and uh, uh, need to be delivered. Uh, and so many uh, tragic things are happening because of the devil working in families. So Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would rebuke and bind the devil and his demons and his hosts. Lord, from our family here and uh, everywhere and uh, this ministry and all other Christian families and ministries across the country and around the globe, and Lord, we pray that you would give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And help us all who are saved to obey what Peter said in your word. And what he learned from Jesus Christ. To watch and pray that we enter not into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so, Holy Father God, we pray... Uh, that you would save those who are not saved in the church and outside of the church. Revive us again, those of us who are saved, and uh, glorify your holy name and help us to glorify your holy name. Help us to lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that your will would continue to be done uh, in the world today. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, since the end of the world is upon us, watch and pray. Part 3. Praying through the Bible message number 480 that means 480 Wednesday nights in this series Dr. J.C. Ryle said the world and the devil combined cannot do us as much harm as our own hearts will if we do not watch and pray and that is so true. In fact, I believe the main problem with the church today is that it is a proudest church. That's one of the reasons why God led me to start two podcasts. One, The Proud Motivator, and uh, the other one, the Proud Motivator Minute. Because, see, the problem in Christianity today is not that we don't know what to do. We don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray. And the problem is 
our disobedience regarding prayer. I, I believe that that is the foundational problem in the church today. People don't pray. Most pastors don't pray. I know this to be a fact. The real ones, the sincere ones, they, they do. Uh, but, it, but for most of them, it is a struggle. Most pastors' wives don't pray. Most leaders, so-called, in the church don't pray. No wonder we ended up in the situation we're in. <clears throat> and if the pastors don't pray, and if the pastor's wife is not praying, and sad to say you got a few pastor's wives who pray more than their pastor husbands, it is a shame before God. You know the people in the pews are not praying. Much of the so-called prosperity gospel did not come from God at all. It came from the hookup. The pastor was well known in the city and he had connections with real estate people and um, houses and lands and he had hookups with um, car people, automobile companies in the town and they've made some deals and if these people come to you and say that you're from this so-and-so mega church go ahead and work out a deal for them and we'll back it up wink wink kind of a thing so so that everybody will look prosperous and uh, and and then part of the so-called prosperity gospel was uh, uh, fake it till you make it and getting the hookup through people in the church who were in certain fields in banking and so forth you know, if you passed if you send the people to this bank we'll go ahead and give them, give them the loans for the houses and their cars and all of that had nothing to do with God <coughs> <coughs> And by the way, I know this to be a fact. It had nothing to do with God praying, praying to God, praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, going through a little suffering, going without for a while, which everybody needs, because you, you're not going to appreciate all of that stuff. And you ain't going and in fact you're going to grow if you're truly saved you're going to grow to hate all of that stuff and you're going to be having a yard sale you spend all the money on Gucci bags and everything else to try to look prosperous because your pastor and them taught you how to do that now you're trying to sell it all to eat because you thought God was like you and that he was going to let you continue on being concerned about money and material things and lying and, and profiling and trying to get the hookup financially and sexually and fall off into the church on Sunday morning for another uh, uh, motivational speak, a speech to pump you up. The prosperity gospel was nothing but a fraud.
had nothing to do with the gospel at all, and you really, you really were not prosperous. You looked prosperous. It was the look prosperous gospel. And anybody can do that if they really want to do that. In America, for sure. You can fake it. You can fake. Millions of people are faking, have, have faked prosperity and richness, being rich. And they're not rich at all. They don't own anything. If you don't own it outright, you're not rich. You are poor and in debt. You're, you're worse than being poor. See? And so, uh, is time out with all of that and for that permanently. I hope you get that. There's way more to life than money and material things. And Jesus told you that. God told you that. Beloved, in our last message in this series, we began looking at what it means to be sober, watchful, and prayerful in a world where the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion seeking to devour you. But you think God is playing, you think Jesus is playing, you think Peter is playing. When he said, but the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. In other words, stop playing. Okay? Stop thinking that life is a cabaret, my friend. This is it. God does not play. Jesus does not play. The word of God does not play. It is very, very firm and very rigid and to the point. Stop playing. Get your act together with God. For in reality, you're not going anywhere without God and God's blessings and God's favor. God's favor and blessings are very real things. I feel very sorry for you if you don't have his favor and his blessings on your life. Things are not going to go well for you. And you do not have God's favor and blessings on your life, dear Christian friend, if you're living in sin. You can forget that. I don't care what your pastor has to say about it. It's not going to work out. Dr. Warren Worsby said, If we are sober-minded, we will watch under prayer. Switch in the back. Dr. Warren Worsby said, if we are sober-minded, we will watch unto prayer. Now, being if you're sober-minded, does that mean you can't have any fun? No. Here's the thing. You need to change your definition of fun. 
everything uh, that deals with God, if you are a born-again child of God, will be fun in your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. If you are loving Jesus back and you fear him, you fear God, and you, you are obeying Jesus Christ, everything you do will be fun. A deep-seated fun. For there's great fun in pleasing the God who made us. Great fun. It may take you a little while to get there, but you need to get there. And God will help you get there. If our prayer life is confused, it is because the mind is confused. Because there's sin in the life of the individual that needs to be dealt with first and uh, foremost. Dr. Kenneth Woost, in his writings, uh, shows the important relationship between the two. Be calm and collected in spirit, pardon me, with a view to giving yourself to prayer. with a view of giving yourself to prayer and committing to sober-mindedness and watching we have to always do that and this is what some people in the church hate always having to pray without ceasing throughout the Bible God Jesus himself gave a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You know, because the best way to watch is to pray. You want constant peace? The best way to have constant peace in your life, uh, remembering the passage in Isaiah, Keep your mind stayed on the Lord and he'll keep you in perfect peace. Is to pray without ceasing. For when you pray without ceasing, you will keep your mind stayed on the Lord. That's what the Lord wants you to do. That's if you want his peace and his joy and his deliverances. Uh, read, read David. Read all about David. He was the main reason why David was a man of the God's own heart. Unlike Saul, he always acknowledged God in all his ways, except for the night he was with Bathsheba. He temporarily lost his mind, uh, but, and we all understand that. Even God understood it and forgave him at once, he, he, once he got himself right with the Lord. And uh, he failed through hubris. 
By the way, that's why most big-time pastors are failing today. Hebrews. Carl Lentz, a young man, plus Hebrews equals destruction. Same thing for Brian Houston, an old man. And uh, uh, an old man up in near Chicago. Uh, I forget the name of the man in the church. Willow Creek. It's nothing but hubris. You get so big, you get so powerful, you have millions of dollars in the bank, and you think God is going to let you get away with stuff because you did well, you did some good things. People can say what they want about Brian Houston. He had a vision, for real. And I believe it was a godly vision. But hubris sets in. That's what happened to David. But other than that, David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he acknowledged the Lord in all his ways. Uh, there were seasons there that David would not do anything without touching base with the Lord, asking the Lord. That's what made him great, because God made him great. That's what God wants in all of you little Davids out there. All of you Christians. He wants you to focus on him and do what he wants you to do. For therein lies the favor and the blessings. And you get away from that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And ceasing to pray and not praying without ceasing will get you in trouble. Because you're not watching if you're not praying. You're not sober-minded if you're not praying. I'll give you a test. Get up tomorrow morning and you start praying. It may seem as dry as a desert to you. You just pray to God. Stop, by the way, stop looking for juicy prayers. After a while, by and by, you're not going to find many juicy prayers. Because it's all about faith. It's not about feeling. I want to feel something when I pray. And if I don't feel anything uh, when I'm praying, then maybe I'm not in touch with God. My prayers did not go uh, to the ceiling. They bounced back and came down on my head and slapped me upside my head. Maybe so. Maybe you're so wicked. That's what's happening. But if you are a true blue born-again Christian and you have truly confessed your sins and repented of your sins... And your heart is right with God. Uh, you may pray some seeming, seemingly dry prayers. Okay? But it's not about how you feel. It's about prayer. What has messed up the church down through the years is all of this feeling. Everybody want to feel something. In much of the charismatic holiness church movement. And don't tell me about it because I was raised in it. You got people who come in and want to try to conjure something up instead of just letting God move. Trying to, uh, to make a feeling that has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost of God. And in some churches... I know it was the case in some of the churches that I was raised in, holiness churches. Uh, it, 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 it harkens back to 
being in Africa, uh, our history in Africa, uh, some of the some of the things that the women did in the church are trying to conjure up something and trying to pump something up, and we still have churches who are doing that today. Everybody, come on now, you know, let's get up, everybody, get up in this. Praise the Lord. Let's get some excitement in here. No, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you, you, you don't need any of that. The Holy Spirit of God will move. And those who are saved will be able to uh, uh, recognize it. See, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You, you need to be prayed up. You say, preacher, if you're prayed up, why do you pray in the pulpit? I believe every preacher ought to pray. We ought not to try to be cute. I, I believe every preacher ought to pray in the pulpit. Because in most cases, the people in the pews have not prayed. At least we need to try to get them praying. Because if you don't get some folks praying in that church, it's going to be like preaching to a brick wall. You got a bunch of evil, wicked people in there who are full of, some of them full of hell and the devil. Got their arms folded and they, they're saying, move me, preacher, if you can. If you don't excite me, ain't nothing happening here today. When in reality, they ought to be excited when they get there. I'm amazed at some pastors who have to raise the dead every Sunday and, and shout them out of there. I, I'm amazed they haven't had a heart attack. Trying to, trying to lift all of these people up every Sunday when they just came out of the clubs and everything else. <laughs> the word watch carries with it the idea of alertness. And self-control. Alertness and self-control. I cannot tell you the value and the importance of being sober-minded. I can't. I can't. And not if you're really serving God. and You mean business. And only you know that. Only God knows that, man. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. If you're truly serving God and you're not playing, and you're just not in it for the money and for the prestige and for people to clap for you when you're not worth the flip, and all of that. They just want to be on the stage and be seen. If that's what you know, you know, I don't know. I'm talking about sincere people. You got to watch and pray, son, daughter. You got to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watch uh, and watchful, because the devil will get you if you're not. He will get you and devour you and destroy you and spit you out. When the last time you heard from Carl Lenz, I, I saw. Carl Lynch the other day down in Florida. He used to be out in California. Now he's in Florida. And uh, you can't even recognize him. He looked like one of the Beatles. He walked up some stairs. Long hair down his back. He got devoured by the devil. Through hubris and sin and pride. And I think also he had, he had the wrong attitude towards Brian Houston. Who gave him the opportunity of, of, of his life. Disrespectful to Brian Houston, 
and then Brian Houston has some skeletons in the closet that came out. By the way, uh, I wouldn't give you two cents for the documentary that they did. It's not worth it at all. As one lady said, it's not even worth the three hours that she spent watching it. It's not worth the flip. But what you do need to understand, which they didn't really bring out, and, 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 and remember what I have taught you and told you, and remember this. You compromise with the homosexual community. There is no group of people more vindictive than they are. More so than a spurned woman, a hundred times more. And they will plot and plan and get you. And here we have on this documentary a confessed, professed homosexual just, 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 just ripping apart the church in, in a nice, sweet, gay way. Just sitting on the couch, just ripping the whole thing apart. See, because, and see, this is where Carl Lentz messed up at, right here, at this point. He allowed homosexuals in the church, letting them be members of the church. Wrong. Don't do that. See, legally, if you make them a, let them become a member, they have the rights and privileges of everybody else. That means if they want to sing, they can sing. You don't let them sing, all hell is going to break loose from them and from lawsuits. You don't let them teach the children and work in the nursery and all that. You put a whole bunch of restrictions on them, but yet they're members. You're going to have some problems. And then he allowed uh, a person to be the song, I mean, the choir director, the praise director. And, 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 all, and the heat came down on Brian Houston from me and many others. So you can't do that, man. So you need to, I told him to fire him. I told Brian Houston in an article to fire Lentz. And I told him he would lose 600000 to over a million dollars. If he did so, evidently he didn't want to do that. Because he was bringing in the big money <coughs> to the church universal. And he didn't do so, and they're paying for it today. Now, listen to me. When your church has that many scandals, and then the world on discovery, which Oprah has a lot to do with, do a documentary on you, that's, that's, that's a colossal failure. No, no uh, a secular community, uh, no secular media should be doing a documentary on your failed church. That's, that's, that's a colossal, huge, possibly a no-comeback failure, man. And I believe the, uh, uh, and, and it all is all rooted in, from that time. When the homosexuals didn't like, Brian Houston came down and gave a statement. And there was a wishy-washy statement. All of the same kind of statement that Joel Osteen made. This, this half-baked mess of, of uh, we love all people. And that's true. That's good. Uh, we, but, and, and, and the Bible said, I, you know, he said, I can't rewrite the Bible. 
uh, and at the same time, he said, we love all people and we welcome all people and we're not going to, you know, draw a hard and fast line and all of this and that and that. that, that, that. You can't do that. One of the reasonable homosexuals who was the song leader at that church, the praise leader, a rare, reasonable homosexual said, the problem is you people were not clear. That's what he said. You were not clear. You told us how much you loved us and you welcomed us in as members and so forth. You should have told us up front. You should have told us up front. Because if that's your conviction, he said, we don't have, I don't have a problem with that. But just tell me up front what, what, you know, what the deal is. Because if I can't be a, uh, if I can't work in the church like everybody else, I, I shouldn't even be a member of the church. Maybe I, maybe I just should visit. I like being here. But you got to tell people the truth because you love them. And then he said, you hurt, you hurt us more by lying to us and then shaming us and putting us down and, and restricting us. See, that's where all of this started, people. When you compromise God's word to get people and get prestige and get money and to be famous, God will lay the boom down on, on you because this is his church. You're supposed to be representing his name. Jesus is not going to have it. Because he, he loves Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz is a gifted preacher, a speaker at least. I believe that Brian Houston is the same man who had a vision. Both of them got caught up in hubris and trying to compromise God's word with the world and they have paid a hefty price. That's what I believe. And all the pastors have too. Well, we just don't hear about them too much because they're not as big. Discipline. Be sober-minded. And uh, that means to have self-control. Shaq said something today. He said, uh, first of all, his, he said the reason why he's living the good life is because he was chastised. He got his butt whipped by his uh, father. He used some other words like I was I was touched. I was <laughs> I was touched up, you know. And there was, uh, and he said, my father, every time I won a trophy in any sport, he would look at it and then he would take it away from the shelf and everything and, and hide it somewhere. And he he noticed that his father was doing that. And he, he, then he said. He asked his father, why, why do you, I, make, I get all these trophies for you and you hide them. He said, because I don't want you to be satisfied, son. I don't want you to get arrogant. Uh, I don't want you to be satisfied. And he said, he whipped my butt many times. And he, he told me that you, uh, you need to listen to what I'm telling you. He was a drill sergeant, so he knew how to get into uh, his head. And no doubt the boy was five feet taller than him, so, you know. That didn't matter to him. 
And uh, he said, the, uh, Shaq said, the reason why I am uh, as successful as I am today is because of my dad. And he, said, he said, my regret is that I didn't tell him thank you enough before he died. And then he said, my, the other thing that I regret is that I messed up my marriage with my wife, Shawnee. I just, that's extra. That has nothing to do with what we're doing here. However, as a disciple of Christ, the word discipline is all up in that. You need to practice discipline. Uh, I know you want to have fun all the time. That's not the Christian way. Worldly fun. God's way, the Christian way, is for you to be sober-minded, under control, uh, alert, prayerful, on God, so that the devil can't get in. And I want all of you to continue to pray for my wife, that she would come to know Christ as Savior. Uh, because she has a serious problem with not being able to keep the devil out. One of the things I told everybody in my family that don't let the devil ride. Don't let the devil use you as a doorway up in here. Because that will be a problem. I'm not going to I'm not going to ever see you as the devil. However, uh, I will point out that the devil is using you. And I will say get thee behind me Satan. Now, you can take that for what you want to take it for. But I will say that. And uh, if, you, if you feel like I'm calling you Satan or the devil, then so, so be it. Uh, but you're acting like the devil and you're allowing the devil to use you. If you're saved, you can be prayerful. You can be sober-minded. You can be vigilant. You can be a person who's not selfish and only concerned about yourself. And what you want. If you're saved. You can turn that on. And it needs to be turned on 24-7. Where's the fun? I've had a whole lot of fun. Even with my wife over the past uh, 34 years. My my life is is a, a living ball of fun. I enjoy my life. I've told you that one of the reasons why... I personally went ahead with what the Lord wanted me to do and preach every day uh, for going on seven years now, I guess, nearly every day, because I didn't want you to mess up my fun. I didn't want you to mess up my fun of going to Trader Joe's and picking up unique dishes and things, or Whole Foods, or H-E-B. Don't mess up my fun, cause I my fun. I love I love to celebrate and I love to eat, and uh, I love a glass of kosher wine from Israel uh, with my food. I I I mean I love I love it. I just love it. And 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 uh, like all normal men, we love sex with our wives. My wife has never failed in that area. Thank God, and that's the reason why I got married to her. And so, uh, uh, you can have fun and be sober-minded, vigilant, 
and watchful. And, and she probably has never seen a time when I have not been sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful because I'm always keeping my eye on that devil in the corner. And she knows it. And, 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 uh, and just as frisky as I want to be. And just having a time. Now, I, I, now, some of you people don't know how to have fun and be spiritual. I don't know what the problem is. You are a human being, and, and you, there's some things that you have to do or should be doing as a human being that brings great pleasure to you. And, uh, and still be spiritual and sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. And I, I believe that's very attractive, uh, attractive to, a, uh, to a spouse. When you can do both and. For example, you're not in the bedroom talking about uh, uh, playing Amazing Grace. That's not going to get it. You're in the bedroom time to have sex and you're playing Sweet Hour Prayer. No, we need to play Sweet Hour Prayer here, not in the bedroom. And you you, you are in relations and, and you're talking about, oh, praise the Lord. No, no, that's going to kill everything. That's going to kill. That's going to kill. This is what we're doing. <laughs> No, 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 no. What you? What are you talking about? And then they, they said, "Well, the Bible says in all things give praise." Okay, all right. yeah, we do that afterwards, not up in here. <laughs> See, some of you people, y'all, y'all are so spiritual, you're no earthly good. And then some of you are so earthly, you're no uh, good to heaven. Or earthy, should I say. And self-control is what God wants us to have. Be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. Fight. And have a good time too. Life is going to be very boring for you if you can't do that. I don't understand what the problem is. It is the opposite of being drunk or not aware of what is going on. That's what sober minded. You're out of your mind and you don't know what's going on. This admonition had special meaning to Peter because he went to sleep when he should have been watching unto prayer. This was a very painful thing, no doubt, for Peter and the other brothers. It's a, it's a painful feeling when you don't show up and you don't bear under the burden uh, with your leader as you should. It's very embarrassing. And then when you are just out of it, have you ever been so sleepy you're just out of it and nothing, nobody can do to really get you up and going? 
you find the phrase watch and pray often uh, throughout the Bible, especially the New Testament. Uh, it simply means to be alert in our praying. To be controlled. There is no place in the Christian life for lazy, listless, routine praying. This is why I tell you and all the time to always pray what you mean and mean what you pray. Meaning do not be under control and know what your mind is make sure your mind is connected to your mouth in prayer in other words don't let your mind run away I believe with all my heart that the greatest trick that the devil has used against the people of God is distraction this is a this is a wicked warfare game he plays with human beings, distracting them from, from what is important, distracting them from prayer, distracting them from reading the Bible, distracting them from doing the work that God has called them to do, and I believe everybody has been called by God to do certain things. And you need to fulfill your job for the Lord. And the devil will fight you on that, tooth and nail, if you mean business. And he will distract you from doing your job and doing what you should do. Praying, being sober-minded, reading the Bible. You say, well, preacher, can, after I have done my work for the Lord, can I relax and take it easy with a glass of uh, kosher wine? cab, dry wine, and look at a little television, look at the news, look at the stupid Hillsong documentary, which is very weak. Sure you can, but make sure your work is done for the Lord, and make sure that you're still on God. And let me just say this to husbands and fathers, bless your hearts, I love you. And I want to thank all of you brothers for not uh, listening to your wife or listening to Jezebel in her condemnation of me for trying to set you free and uh, protect you from her and her evil ways and, and help you to be reminded to be the head of your household over your wife. To be the head and not the tail. Thank you, brothers. Because, see, I don't mind the women coming after me. And it wouldn't bother me if you came after me for her. But thank you for being a Christian man. And say, no, I'm not bothering that man. Because the man is right. Uh, it's, it's time out for all of this foolishness. 
You have a role to play that God gave you. I don't know why that is. That's how God did it, man. Jezebel. <laughs> and and I'm the head of this household, and, and uh, you need to listen to what I tell you. Now, if you want to be a wife and, and reap the benefits of being a wife and mother, then you're going to need to humble yourself and submit to my leadership and stop uh, nagging me and giving me a hard time disrespecting me in front of my children and others. Uh, we're not doing that. And so you can do whatever you want to do. But I'm not going to be your little uh, puppy anymore. Okay, those days are over. Uh, look, look, what, look what it has gotten us in the church and in our families. <clears throat> so thank you, brothers. But let me say something to you. One of your main jobs is to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful regarding your family. There are thousands upon thousands and legions of demons and devils trying to destroy the people in your family. And you're the pastor of that family, not the pastor of the church. And you tell him, I said it. I don't care less what he has to say about that. He's not the pastor over your family. He, you don't do what he... Listen to me. I've told you this before. You people have gotten yourselves in trouble having the pastor to be over your family. Your, your, your wife who does not respect you respects the pastor more than what he says over what you say. I say to hell with that. Quite frankly. Okay? I don't care whether the, the sweet evangelicals like those words or not. They, I can't tell me anything. And there's only one somebody who could tell me something. And, 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 and I, I know he does not like everything I say, but he, 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 he's MLK. I'm Hosea. Hosea Williams from Atlanta. He was more of a rabble rouser, but he was needed in the uh, call, the cause, the uh, civil rights cause. MLK would say it smoother and better. Hosea would say it rough. You need both, sad to say, because some folk can't, they don't hear that. <laughs> they don't hear this other thing that MLK is saying, so we need to help you to understand. All oh, this, this, this has to cease. Now, 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 now listen to me. No skin off my, no skin off of me. If you don't do what God says, because I'm a very happy and a man and very uh, a man of great peace and joy. I feel very fulfilled. God has already given me peace that I have kept a good, I have uh, fought a good fight, kept the faith. Uh, uh, I have finished my course, meaning this particular assignment. He's given me peace that I did it, and I don't have to keep doing that like that. So I'm a very fulfilled man, a very complete man, a very happy man. And you're not hurting me by being you, you, you a man being in subjection to your wife. I, I don't want any parts of it. I, I, I direct you to Dr. Tony Evans. He can help pass you through that. I don't even want to meet you. I love you. God bless you. I've done my job to help you. And if you want the church to be arrived, you better get that straightened out. 
Oh yes, don't let me do this right here. And one of the basketball players, the shimmy, don't let me shimmy on you now. We'll be here much longer. But no, seriously, if you want peace in your home, you want control over the children in your family, and your your wife is not uh, intervening and, and lying and making up stuff and uh, covering up stuff for these children. Girls end up pregnant, and, and and she doesn't say anything, and she's she's trying to keep secrets with the girls, uh, uh, like she's one of their girlfriends and all that. You got to put a stop to that, because your daughter is going to be harmed. I say to you, sir. You say whatever comes up in your heart to say. Unless it's mean and evil and all of that. We're not talking about that. But if you see a problem, say something. Oh, yes. I still uh, have some children here with me. Uh, And uh, I'll say things that need to be said. If you have something that is low cut, cover it up. Get you a pin. I don't care what you get. A pin, a closed pin, uh, whatever. But I want that closed up before you go out of this house. Skirt not going below your knee. I'll tell you, you need to cover it up. And you need to do the same. Anyway, the point is, be sober-minded, husband, father. Be vigilant. Be watchful. And I'm going to say something to hurt the feelings of the women. In most cases, you're not going to be the one who does that. That's why you need a man to do that. In most cases, you're not going to be the one, honey. That's all there is to it. You're not. And you're not going to be the one to do the heavy lifting in the prayer department. Some of you do it. That's good. It's good. I thank God for you. Most of you are not going to do that. Some of you mothers, you go right all along with your daughter uh, uh, having sex with a cute boy, and then you'll say stupid stuff like, well, you know, girls have knees. What did you do when you were younger? And all that kind of foolishness from hell. A husband has say, stop. I'm not, we're not talking like that here. No, she cannot go out on a date 16 years old with an 18-year-old boy. Uh, and then I give you permission to say, uh-uh, no, no, uh-uh, no, can't do that. And if they persist, I give you permission to say, God may not give you permission. My sweet evangelical brother may not give you permission. Hell to the law. Huh? Ain't mad at nobody. But now you understand what I'm saying right now? You got that? So that's not happening. <laughs> No, sir. No, ma'am. Uh-uh. Well, uh, darling, honey, uh, he's a, he's a, seems to be a respectable boy and, uh, uh, and everything. And he, he's, uh, 
cute. I said, cute. I don't have nothing. I don't want to hear that. I can care less whether or not he's cute. He's not taking my daughter out on no date. Forget about that. Well, you know how the girls are dressing up today and so forth. And you know how they wear. She's not. She's out of style. She doesn't want to wear a long skirt. Well, they, they, I guess she, she don't want to go out to the place she wants to go to because she's not going out here like that. And you're supposed to be safe talking crazy. Husbands, you are the king of your house. The pastor is not. The pastor's wife is not. The other families of the church are not. You follow God, sir, and the Bible, and you be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful for your family. They will thank you later, like Shaq is thanking his father, his tough, mean father. Big old Shaq, biggest man in the world. Submitted to his father. He, he's regretting, almost brought the tears. He's regretting that he did not say thank you enough to him. They'll, they'll thank you later. It may be some years, but they'll thank you. And so in closing, ladies and gentlemen, we must have an alert attitude, an alert spirit, and be on guard just like the workers in Nehemiah's day. Uh -huh. They were building and battling. They were building and and battling. They were building the wall and ready to do battle. Nehemiah told Sanballat and Tobias, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. That's how you need to be. An expectant attitude towards Christ's return involves a serious, balanced mind and an alert Awake prayer life. The test of our commitment to the doctrine of Christ's return is not our ability to draw charts or discern signs. I get so tickled at some of these prophetic people who 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 think they're masters of the second coming issues. Uh, bless their hearts. There's a group called the Prophecy Pros or something. I don't They're the pros of prophecy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think they can touch Dr. Walford of Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, but they're the Prophecy Pros. and uh, They look like brothers. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, may God bless them. The test of our commitment to the doctrine of Christ's return, of Jesus' return, is not our ability to draw charts or discern signs, but our thinking and praying. That is, our being sober-minded, vigilant. Okay? And I cannot emphasize enough for you husbands and you fathers to be this way. Regarding your family, that's home with you. You cannot do this when they leave. Your children leave. You got to pray for them. You need to pray for them. 
give them uh, advice as God leads you. And if you're praying, He will lead you. Uh, but they got to, they, they, if you raise them well, uh, they hopefully will do what's right. But it's, it's their choice. Their choice. But you make sure that you leave it all on the field. That you didn't let anything get past anything that you did not like in their lives. You make sure that you don't like in their life. You make sure you address it. You know, they may roll their eyes. They may blow. And they may act like they don't like what you're saying and all of that. You say it anyway. I don't know. I don't know what happens once they hit the uh, hit the world on their own. But something happens. God does something, and they begin to understand that uh, uh, they should appreciate what you did when you got on their case, when you were sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, and you on point, and not so drunk that you couldn't tell them how to. Uh, change okay change that deal with that right there because that's going to cause a problem you didn't have time to whip them behind and that's a crime because you're sitting your child listen to me very carefully sir I love you and I respect you but you're going to send your child to hell if you don't whip their ass you hear me uh, if they're of age that age when you uh, can legally do that you need to do that. Uh, and uh, whip their behinds. Otherwise, you're going to have a serious problem. And you, you're going to be the cause of it. Because you didn't love them enough to do that. When God commanded you to do that, and by the way, God has done it to you if you're saved. <clears throat> the only reason why I'm here tonight with my wife going on 35 years, having had the privilege of raising all seven of my children by myself without any real help from her. I see help from my wife or any wife is not my having to make you do it or tell you to do it. That's not help to me. Uh, no. Help is when you do your job. I had to, my wife was not prepared for it. <clears throat> As the children were growing up, I came off the road from being uh, an evangelist who traveled all around the world before I met her. Uh, I, wanted to I wanted to continue to do that, but God t touched my heart and spoke to my heart. This, this woman is not ready to be left alone with these children. And then she injured my oldest daughter with an iron. And I said, I, I need to come off the road now. So I raised my children by myself. They called me growing up from their own pure hearts, the father and the mother. And I don't have a motherly bone in my body. Because I made sure they were taken care of. Now, did I do all the work and change the diaper? I never changed the diaper in my life. I never gave a bottle to a child because I made my wife nurse the children. And, I, you know, I, I'm thinking about what's going on in our society right now in the world today. There's a shortage of similar. I, I thought people had enough sense by now to let the child suck the breasts. Like all seven of my children did. They never had a real cavity to speak of. Uh, they never had an earache. 
whatever that was, you know, all these ch children, you got to take your child down to the uh, pediatrician to, because they had some kind of ear infection. None of my children had an ear infection because they sucked the paps. There's something in that. There's something in that. There's something in that uh, uh, breast milk. This has nothing to do with medicine. I'm just saying, right now, there is a shortage of so-called formula. I've never heard, I haven't heard that in years. I, was, I, I, thought, I thought people came to their senses. You know why I believe so many people have, so many women have breast cancer? Because they don't, they don't let the children suck the breasts. They're not using the beautiful breasts that God gave them for multiple reasons. For the main purpose of feeding their babies, if that embarrasses you, you just you 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 just uh, you've lost your mind. That's just as natural as anything else. That's how it's supposed to be. I am shocked. There's a shortage of semen. I, 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 who is feeding their baby this mess? Who? <clears throat> anyway. Now, we never had about not one bottle, as far as I know of. We never had a bottle in the house. Maybe my wife might have snuck a bottle in it, but I don't know what she put in it. Because we, we didn't have any Similac or nothing like that. Didn't need it. And what a savings that was. Okay. See. Be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful in your family. And keep the devil out of your family. And is it a battle? Yes. But it's worth it. You say, well, I'm just afraid to say anything to her, you know, because I want to keep the peace. Well, that's what my dad said. Let me tell you something. She's more likely to stay with you, sir. Stop being scared. She's more likely to stay with you because if you mean business, because you do mean business, if you are uh, uh, meaty mouth and back and forth and scared of her. And, she, and all women can tell, they can smell blood. They, uh, they can tell if you, you don't mean what you're saying. And don't try to do anything that I do if you don't mean it. My wife always knew that if we're not going to do it God's way, According to Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. Then she can leave whatever she wants to do. It didn't matter to me. Because we don't. As far as I'm concerned. We don't have a marriage. If she's not going to be a wife and help me. That's not, that's not what I hired you on for. So you're fired. I, I, I told her in the first uh, few months of marriage. I told her I, I believe like Jesus. If there's a devil, I believe in casting it out. That's right. You, I mean, let's get the devil out of here. We can't have that. It's, it's, it's too much. It's a waste of time. Waste of life. Now, some of you men are probably too old to start anything, so you might want to check with Dr. Tony Evans to see what he'll tell you. I, I have no, I have nothing 
to say to you. Uh, he'll pass you through it. He's going to come to the, he wants you to get to the same point that I want you to get to, but he'll say it in a nicer way to you. Because he has some, pa he has pastor in him, but he's an evangelist and a prophet as well. And he's, he's really the true leader of the evangelicals and the Southern Baptists. He's the moral leader. So, you follow him. And he's saying the same thing I'm saying. He's just saying it differently. Maybe you can take it. And he, he has the patience, the capacity to listen to your questions. I don't. Because it's very simple to me. Very simple. But he will get you. He'll get you to where you need to go if you if you listen to what he tells you. Anyway, if our thinking and praying are right, our living should be right. Christians should live in light of the imminent end of the world, the second, the imminent return of Christ, and their imminent personal death. That ought to help you be sober-minded real quick. And some of you who are getting older and you can barely see and you can barely stand up and all that, you really need to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful because in a moment of time, you can get yourself in a whole lot of trouble real quick. You hear what I'm saying to you? You could try to pull out in your car and you look one way on your bad side and, and you can end up in the ditch somewhere. So be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. Some of you women, you need to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. All of you women need to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful, and not so silly-minded and easy. Some slick-talking uh, Tom, Dick, or Harry come by, and there you go. And then, then when it's all over, I never thought I would... I, I don't know what happened. You did. You you knew. You knew what happened. You were horny, and you you jumped in bed with a man you didn't know. Now you have an STD. So see, this is this is why you need to follow your husband if you're married. See, a beautiful woman, a beautiful woman from New York, up in New York, had him made to a two million dollar house. Man making that kind of money, beautiful children, whoring around, committing adultery, food around, got stabbed 60-something times and was thrown in a duffel bag and dragged down the street like an animal. Blood dripping out of the duffel bag. And they still have not found the person that she was committing adultery with. See, the devil is a lie. Don't get... Don't be silly-minded. Be sober-minded, women. Vigilant and watchful. Carl Lentz, um, the wife of, a, of another pastor in the church, and this happens in these churches all around the world, all across the country. She is married to one pastor, her pastor, her husband, one pastor in the church, and she is caught having sex with Carl Lentz, 
she was the babysitter. See, this is the this is the wicked, evil garbage that happens in some of these churches, many of these churches. Carl Lynch's wife, Carl, this is before he got busted for having sex with a Palestinian Muslim. And I must admit, she she is beautiful. But she's not that beautiful. And this was before that. Carl Lynch's wife caught him under the covers at somebody else's house that, that, that they were supposed to be trying to lead to the Lord to become a better disciple or something. And and Carl Lynch's wife went off and became Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and threw some left hooks and some right hooks to this other man's wife, their babysitter. First of all, none of that should be happening. None of that. None of that. Another pastor's wife ought not to be the babysitter of your children and you got children. This, this is stupid, people. Anyway, I must move on. To do so, they are called to be sober, watchful, and prayerful so that they live in a manner that glorifies God. Christian friend, are you doing that? Are you caught up in the unsober-minded mess and foolishness that's happening in churches, the silly-mindedness? And then everybody watches all of these wicked, lost sinners want to cry, Grace, grace, grace. Grace does not allow you to do that. I don't know where you got that from. See? But the devil and false prophets and false pastors, that's a mess that is going to explode in your face as it did to all of the Hillsong churches and pastors and people. I would not be surprised if they won't fold because of this demonic foolishness. People not being sober-minded, people not being vigilant, people not watching, people not paying attention. And Brian Houston, as I call for his resignation for years now, he finally did so. He's the main one at fault. He's the one in charge. And so he had to resign. And I'm glad he did. You can't be firing other preachers and you're doing the same mess. And I knew he was doing it. That's where they got it from. So Christian friend, are you being sober-minded, vigilant, and prayerful? Do you feel like it's too late to do that now because you messed up so badly? With God, all things are possible. But let me just say this to people who think they can jump right back in where they left off at. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that in God's economy, man. You need to confess your sins. You need to repent. You need to get your heart right with the Lord. And you might need to sit down for a while. And, 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 and really get your life right with God. Because you, you haven't even healed over the what the devil did to you. And so let's start at the beginning. 
Let's pray. I'm praying now for Christians. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please have mercy and grace, Lord, upon us, and forgive us, Lord, of our sins, our faults, and our failures. And Lord, help us as Christians to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. Help us to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent. And to get back to you, our first love. Lord Jesus, and Holy Father God, crucify our flesh for those of us who are saved and fill us all with the fullness and the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, change us from the inside out and help us going forward to be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful and prayerful. Not just sometimes, but all day long. And help us, Lord, to have fun pleasing you and serving you. For that is the true fun in life, the true joy, and the true peace. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you're with us tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. Your first prayer needs to be what we call the sinner's prayer. First, please understand with me that you are a sinner. Just as I am a sinner, the Pope is a sinner, the Dalai Lama is a sinner, and even Joel Osteen, as nice as he is, is a sinner. And that you and I, all of us, have broken God's laws, the Ten Commandments, all of us have lied, stolen, lusted after people and things, dishonored and disobeyed our parents, uh, dishonored God by taking his name in vain. That's just five of the Ten Commandments that we have broken. I know that you will agree, if you're of age, that you've sinned against God in the same way. Some others have committed fornication or adultery and many other sins. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. We die because of sin. Please understand uh, something that God wants me to tell you, to make sure you understand that if you, if God allows you to die from this earth, uh, he will allow you to go to hell for your sins if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please understand that. Thirdly, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell. Jesus Christ, who preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible, more than the prophets, more than the evangelists, more than the apostles. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, 
cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Please believe the words of Jesus Christ. If you cannot believe the words you just heard, then you cannot believe the words that I'm getting ready to tell you. Jesus Christ, as always, was an honest preacher. He never lied. He cannot lie. So he preached the bad news. The bad news is that if you don't believe in him, you're going to hell to burn forever. That is the reality. If that was not the reality, he would have never said it. Now here's the good news. Don't worry about it. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ said uh, the most important words in the history of the world to mankind when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe his gospel that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you. So that you can have eternal life with him. So that you can live forever with him and God and the saints and the angels. All you have to do is believe in your heart in Jesus Christ. And then call on his name, for the Bible says very clearly in Romans 10, 9, and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou, you, shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell? Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be with God. It is a free gift. You do not have to work for it. You don't have to pay any money to the church. You don't have to walk down the aisle in front of a thousand people. You don't even have to raise your hand. You don't even have to get baptized. You don't even have to be in a church to get saved. You don't have to be a church member to get saved. All you have to do, my dear friend, is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for you. He paid your sin debt. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. Believe in him and let's pray to God Let's call on his name and ask him to save your soul because of his son, Jesus Christ. Follow me in prayer, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart, believing in your heart in none other than Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner. Please have mercy upon me, a sinner. 
Please forgive me of all of my sins as I believe now in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose from the dead by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to change. Please help me to repent of all of my sins and help me to turn from my evil lifestyle. Help me to love light instead of darkness from now on. And help me to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new life. For it is in your holy name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me, and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, you are now saved from hell, and you're on your way to heaven based upon the Word of God. So welcome to the family of God, dear friend. Congratulations on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have done the most important thing in life. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Jesus Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. It is free of charge. The book is based upon what Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good, is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you for giving us this time together and being with us throughout this time together. Thank you, Lord, for our prayer service before this service uh, tonight. Thank you for hearing and answering prayer. We still pray for over three million souls to be saved through this ministry alone. If that has not been done, only you know. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts, Lord, from your people tonight. And help all of us to be prayerful, sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful in every area of our lives. And we pray, Lord, tonight that you would continue to uh, protect us and use us for your glory, your praise, and your honor. 
In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Until next time, I may be here tomorrow uh, if the Lord does not want me to rest. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. God bless you until next time.